Talk to you later. I love you. I miss you. I love you very much. I'll just call and tell you that I love you. Good luck. I love you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 1067 FM, The Big Talker. It is Friday night. We are headed into a 4th of July weekend. And I have extremely exciting news for everyone listening today. And that is that my nonprofit organization, Health Possible Inc., uh, our board of directors made a motion yesterday to hire our first ever employee. That first ever employee actually got to be me. So I am honored and so excited to officially work for the organization as the official executive director uh, for a long time to come. And this won't be the last, of course. We have many more jobs to come from here on out. So thank you to the board of directors at Health Possible Inc. And I would also like to introduce everyone to a very special friend of mine who we graduated from the same high school, we grew up in the same hometown, and he's accomplished things beyond the stars, things that so many of us feel uh, are not attainable, hard to do, um, or we just don't even dream of them You know, when we're young, and they're not something that we aim for until we're much older. And that special friend of mine coming on air with us today is Doug Wheelock, Colonel Wheelock, a NASA astronaut who just recently uh, was also on Fox News with Bill Hemmer and Cavuto uh, talking about the SpaceX launch with, uh, with Dragon and Elon Musk and NASA. So very interesting stuff. Very excited to have him on with us today. Doug, can you hear me? How are you? Yes. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm doing great and uh, great to join you uh, down there in beautiful North Carolina. I just I miss the Carolina coast and uh, and uh, thank you for inviting me to join you. Thanks so much for being on with us today, Doug. And I do have to tell you, it's been much less sunshine lately, a lot of rain. And I guarantee when you come back and visit sometime, you'll bring us the sunshine, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Happy to do that. Good, good. I can't wait for that. Hopefully we have that here this 4th of July weekend. So, Doug, most recently SpaceX launched with NASA, and it was, of course, you know, a record for commercial um, commercial flight in the space world. Um, how did that How did that impact you, you know, just being um, on the tip end of your career there, and what does it mean for everyone moving forward? It's such an exciting moment for us because it's it's really the first time that we've that we've really witnessed um, uh, public and private space transportation working together. Our, the the revitalization and the renaissance, essentially, of the space industry across our commercial uh, our commercial companies throughout our country, and it's just such an exciting time. Of course, it was a it was a nine year gap. Uh, from when we last launched people from the Florida coast, the, the Space Coast, uh, uh, Kennedy Space Center, Cape Canaveral, as we, as we remember it. And um, it had been such a long time that I think it was, it was sort of like the shot in the arm that we, it was almost like a, um, uh, getting inoculated uh, for inoculation for the human spirit. You know, there was, mm. it was what we needed during the, especially during these difficult times. Right. Um, I know everyone, everyone, every one of us is kind of struggling, trying to figure out, uh, 
you know, what life is going to be like, the new, the new normal or the new reality mm-hmm. for us. And so um, it's a very exciting time uh, to see uh, now, now the, the doors have swung open wide for commercial companies, big and small, down to the smallest startup companies uh, that can now get involved in the exploration of space. And so that's really, really exciting for me. I just, you know, from where you and I grew up, Sarah, in this tiny, in the, <laughs> and, our, you know, our, our, our country is made up of, you know, small towns and villages and, you know, the large cities, and we're all, we're all sort of in this together. And it was a, it was a great message for us as a nation to really kind of rally behind a new, a new sort of exciting time and space to explore. It really is. And actually, you put a great point to that during hard times like coronavirus and everything going on in our political world right now. I have to say that resonates with me because I remember that day. I believe it was May 27th, sitting home on my couch watching something so inspiring happen in the midst of hardship and feeling inspired and like nothing could really stop the human race. And then, you know, myself personally in my living room there, it was motivation to go out and try to do something big that day and the following day and not quit in hard times. So uh, thank you for pointing that factor out. It was very important for everybody. Um, And you did just bring up, Doug, that we are from the same hometown in Windsor there in upstate New York, very small cow town. Um, So coming from Windsor and growing up in the farm fields, I mean, you understand what it's like to be, you know, like you said on Fox that day too, that ordinary kid. Um, So I'm curious, Doug, and I'm sure our listeners are curious as well, did you always want to be an astronaut? And I'm sure you get that question a lot. And if not, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, thank you, Sarah. It's a great, uh, great question. I love getting this because when I think back now on my journey, um, I was, we were, you know, you and I from the same hometown, very small town, very small schools, um, really quite ordinary. I mean, ordinary kids, ordinary schools, ordinary mm-hmm. places, just like we see throughout all of our counties in uh, North Carolina as well. It's just, um, and, and to see, when I, I was a young boy when we, when we put people on the moon. So for me to see that, it was awesome. It was really cool, but it was, it was not something that I could do because I was from this tiny little town is what my thoughts were. And so my dreams um, at that time, I just, you know, when I, I kind of joke around when I was a little boy, <laughs> I wanted to be a farmer when I grew up because yes. that's all I really knew is just kind of uh, I, I, how cool it was to go over to the farms and, you know, see them milking the cows. I thought like, man, one day I want to be a farmer. And then, yeah. you know, as we get exposed, as we get exposed to different things as we're growing up. And then I, I used to start, I started watching base baseball and playing uh, little league. And I, gosh, I wanted to be, um, and I, I'm sorry for the, those listening in but i was a yankees fan when i was a when i was a <laughs> don't little boy. apologize you, you, you got you got to give me a little bit of grace because i was in upstate new york and oh. so um i uh i really loved so i wanted to be a professional baseball player and then then when i realized my abilities weren't really matching up with that with that dream i i i really kind of came up with a just a, a dream of flying because i i saw those astronauts walking on the moon and i thought to myself i wonder if I could do something like that. And I remember a teacher, it was, uh, um, I was in elementary school when that happened and we came into school. That was of course in the summer, uh, in July. And so 
when I came into school that next day, we had a brand new teacher. Um, her name was Christine West, and she was right out of teaching school. Mm-hmm. And um, she came in and she said, hey, who saw the people walking on the moon? And I raised my hand and she said, one day you could do that too. Aww. And we thought like, this, this this lady's crazy. She has no idea where she is. You know, this tiny little town, this tiny little school. And as I went through little my career. Little did she even know uh, who was in front of yeah, her. <laughs> that's right. As I, as I went through my career, I... I always reflected back to that time, that little school and to Miss West, and I, I I thought in my mind, I wonder if she was really right. If she was, if she knew something I didn't know that we can, that even ordinary kids can uh, can do these cool things too. And I I ended up getting to NASA. I was selected in 1998, and um, as an astronaut, and it was like my first week of being an astronaut. I got a chance to meet Neil Armstrong, and, and I was. I mean, even even when I'm talking to you now, my knees are kind of shaking a little bit because right. it was such a profound moment in my life. Uh, because I, I man, I, my mind just went back to that little elementary school, and I remember what Miss West. I said, "Man, she was right. I think she was right." And and I, oh my it came gosh, time for me to, yeah, it came time for me to ask something, you know, of Neil Armstrong. So I, 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 I remembered how I felt as an ordinary little boy. And I wanted to know how he felt as like a superhero that I had in my mind, you know. And um, so I asked him, I said, Mr. Armstrong, when you were on the moon, did you have a moment to kind of look at the earth and reflect back on what a profound moment it was in human history? And and he said, you know, I did. I thought about I thought about those engineers that built that rocket. And I thought about my teachers and my family. And I and I thought to myself, how does an ordinary little boy from Wapakoneta, Ohio, end up standing on the moon and he kind of laughed and we all sort of chuckled you know and I thought to myself hey wait a second that's a familiar story because that's my story too and the reality is it's true for all of us we're all just ordinary kids Mm -hmm. from ordinary places with these extraordinary dreams for our life and and so I I'm kind of ashamed to 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 uh to now know that it took me that long to figure this out that it's like all these things that we see, these incredible things that we see in the human experience mm-hmm. are all open to us as ordinary people from ordinary places. It's, the difference comes in how you prepare your life uh, to be ready for that extraordinary opportunity. So it was a huge, um, you know, w- with that simple upbringing and then the, the huge shift to understand it's like, you know, uh, Neil Armstrong was from a smaller hometown than my own. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just that he had these big dreams and he prepared his life um, for that extraordinary opportunity. So it was a it was an amazing place to grow up and I wouldn't change it for anything. But um, I agree um, with that. And I just it, had that yeah, conversation. Just, I, I just had that conversation, mm-hmm. Doug, the other day with someone about how we prepare ourselves by speaking up and asking questions. And you use the word the best I've heard so far is curious and being curious about life. And that prepares you as you work toward learning and, you know, and then going back and using what you've learned to work toward another opportunity to ask the next person higher up. When they finally come in front of you, like Neil Armstrong to you, you're finally ready to grab hold and, you know, knock down that door of opportunity. And it's because we prepare our life, like you're saying, yep, and and literally just opening our mouth and being ready to ask questions then being ready to grab hold when it comes back in front of us right i kids of all ages uh, really kids of all ages including adults 
um, ask me all the time, hey, what do I, what things can I do to be an astronaut? I said, you know, it's just like any um, grand adventure or grand uh, uh, plan you have for your life. Um, it's like anything. It's like the first step is to be curious about the world around you because when you can begin to ask questions mm -hmm. and open up your mind and open up your heart uh, and take a look around at the things that are going on around you um, uh, and be curious about those things and ask questions, that's the very first step to take to reach your goals and dreams. Right, right. And, and just like if you were to not... I always reflect on the opposite to make things so so much more clear for the audience. But if you were to not ask questions and, you know, those people could walk right by you, they could be the person that you've always dreamed of talking to. But if you don't ask questions and you're not curious and you're not ready to learn from anyone in your path, they could go right by you and you missed that chance and you didn't even realize and you never even know it. So it, it's almost like it's not a coincidence, but if you keep talking, it's actually always around you. I mean, I got to be honest, Doug, you said you were, your knees were shaking when you met Neil Armstrong. I mean, I was a little stopped in my tracks. We were messaging on May 27th. That was, you know, the day that we started exchanging a lot of conversation about where we come from in the same hometown. And, you know, no sooner than that, a few minutes later, or I guess uh, maybe about two or three hours later, you're in front of my face on Fox News. I'm going, wow, I'm <laughs> messaging with this man. I'm watching talk to Bill Hemmer on national television. This is surreal well, for me. You know, it's, 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 it's true. It's true for all of us. Just to be, and you, you hit it just right on, Sarah. It's just, it's the, it's preparing your life um, and being ready when opportunities come. Because, right. you know, the a lot of, you know, all of us have experienced lost opportunities. I've, I've done in my own life. You know, I've had opportunities come and I wasn't ready. I didn't, I didn't do what I needed to do to be prepared. Uh, someone else was selected for that uh, for that uh, mission or that opportunity, and I and I, uh, but we grow through that. You know, it, it's a it's a perfectly natural um, feeling. Uh, but when you able to take hold of your dream mm -hmm. and clearly lay out, okay, these are the things I need to do to be prepared when that opportunity comes along. Mm -hmm. I want to be ready. So when they when they call your name, you're ready. So right. Right. And I could have. And you know what, Doug, I could have reached out to you that day and not had my own talk show yet and not been able to interview you on air like this. And here I am getting to flaunt you, the Colonel Wheelock on my talk show. Thank you again for coming on. I have a few more questions for you here. Um, so so you've gone into space, Doug, for 178 days total in your career. Um, I have a lot of my own theories about time, but I've always wanted to ask somebody you know, really knowledgeable in the science world and you being able to actually leave this earth and go see space on two separate occasions, um, has leaving the earth changed your perception of time? And I know that might be a little deep, but, um, but I'm really, I think about the dimension of time a lot. And if that's a pressure we put on ourselves here on earth and how all that, you know, coincides, but, um, did, did that change your perception of time? You know, um, it, Time is only a, a, a part of it. It actually changes. It changed my entire perspective of life on Earth, you know, and and, and uh, the reason for our existence and the and the and and yes, all of those philosophical things. Absolutely. So so the, time wise, you know, we're orbiting the Earth 
um, in, in, in the, I went up in the space shuttle and then I was a commander of the International Space Station. Both of those ve- space vehicles are in Earth orbit. And so they're orbiting the Earth once every 90 minutes. And so mm-hmm. we get a sunrise or a sunset every 45 minutes in space. And so we get 16 sunrises and 16 sunsets every day in space. And so it's actually the conception of time is actually skewed a bit because mm-hmm. uh, the earth, uh, the sun comes up, the sun goes down, the sun comes up. So if you're looking out the window, um, it's very confusing to your mind, the perception of time. And so, so we normalize it. Um, life on board the space station, we run on Greenwich Mean Time. We normalize it to the prime meridian through Greenwich, England. And so the zero la- uh, longitude line. And so we, uh, some people refer to it as GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, or Zulu Time. Pilots refer to it as. Uh, but we normalize, and then the crew gets up at six o'clock Greenwich and goes to bed at nine thirty Greenwich. And so, um, uh, so across the world, uh, we we try to normalize. Now, the, the so we we try to keep these bounds on time, so we don't we don't lose perspective of our day of our work day. Now, right. philosophically, like looking out the window yes. and seeing seeing the planet that we're that we all every breath we've ever taken, every word ever spoken is down there on that planet and we're not there. And, that, and psychologically, that has a huge impact on on your um, on your perception of uh, uh, the perspective of where you are in this continuum of time, you know? So, um, and for me, it changed the way that I looked at life on earth. And so it's, it's actually quite scary and quite frightening out there. No, I mean, you look down and you see the beauty of our planet, um, but it's hanging in the balance of this deep, dark and endless darkness. Um, very frightening. And so, and so in, in, in the earth, here we are, the, the earth is like, in the daylight is uh, when the sun, it's like an explosion of color, like this, this colorful oasis in, the, in this vast empty sea of darkness. And then at night, you know, when we go on the, in the eclipse side of the earth, um, it comes alive with light and lightning and, uh, and the aurora at the poles. And it's just, and the, the mosaic of lights of our cities and towns and villages across the landscape. It's just this, it comes alive with light and color, you know, and the way it changed my perspective, I remember as a little boy, I used to dream about what it would be like to like live on, live on Mars or live on some distant planet, you know, would it be cool? Would it be, what would it be like to travel there and to live there, you know? And um, I thought to myself, if I were a little boy, like on Pluto or on Mars or something and and had a telescope and had a telescope and could look out, into the night sky and see our earth, this beautiful uh, ball of color in the daylight and uh, just on fire with light and uh, motion at night, how much more vivid my dreams would be. So you said what was different about your life was, you know, the perception of time and not wasting another day. Um, and that's that really resonates with, I think, a lot of people, you know, just trying to stay motivated and, and do that as is. But having the perception of going out into space and seeing Earth, you know, 
I don't want to say levitate, but just hanging in that dark, dark atmosphere and how beautiful it is to be back here. Um, that's, that's a different perception for us and something I think we can take with us as we wake up each day and think, you know, how lucky we are to be here and have this time um, and how different it is, you know, for you to be up there and for us to be down here. Um, I, I did want to ask you, you know, you have this amazing accomplishment in life to get to do something like that and be an astronaut and ever, and people know you as an astronaut, but of course you identify with and relate to so many other things in your personal life. Like we all as those ordinary kids and people do. Um, so if you could pinpoint one or two major accomplishments that you were personally the most proud of in your life, what would those accomplishments be? Oh boy. It's a great, it's a great question. Um, because, you know, we, we think about, um, you know, my, my perspective on life has changed quite a bit where, you know, we're we're all sort of writing our own story, right? We're telling our own story. And, and as we build our, our journey and our story, uh, we are the hero of our own story. And so, um, which we should be, we, in our pursuit of, of, uh, uh, grand adventures and great accomplishments, uh, we end up being the hero of our own story. And it hasn't been, uh, except for the last few years, about four or five years, I've been training our new astronauts. And um, I'm learning how rewarding it is and how amazing it is uh, to become the hero in someone else's story. And it's it's wow. been life-changing for me and because it, it made me think back to my teacher as well it made me think back to miss west because she she never knew that any of us and i don't even know i i think probably in her heart she believed that we could accomplish these things but Mm -hmm. but if she had only known you know that one of those little boys would be an astronaut and i don't think she really knew that but she believed that you know and um and that's a big it's a big deal to be a hero in someone else's story so some of my accomplishments lately that are really that are really overshadowing my own personal achievement is watching uh the faces of uh and the dreams of other kids um come true and so i i I don't want to i love that um, i agree with that yeah i don't want to you know actually let me tell you about a little boy i had an experience um when school started last fall, so it would have been the uh, September-ish of uh, of 2019, I was in. I was working up at the Glenn Research Center near Cleveland, and um, and there uh, we had a back-to-school um, sort of festival for all kids to come and get school supplies and stuff. It was geared more towards the kids in the inner city. And um, they asked me to be there in my blue suit and talk to the kids about science and math and how fun it is to um, to learn in school. And I was there with the the mayor of Cleveland, Ohio, and and um, a couple of other um, uh, local uh, celebrities. And we we were we spent a bunch of time with these kids. And one little boy, his name was his name was Maximus. I just loved his name. He's seven oh. years old. Um, 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 a, a little boy from the inner city of Cleveland and um, he had a Batman shirt on. I remember. And he came up to me. He said, no way. Are you a spaceman for real? Oh my and gosh. I, said, I look at, I looked at him and I said, are you Batman for real? You know? And um, he <laughs> said, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only seven, you know, but, um, and so I gave him a big hug and, and, um, 
and um, just being like accessible and and real to kids and yes. helping them see see themselves where you are. Um, at the end of our encounter, which was only just a couple of minutes, and I said, mm-hmm. I said, Maximus, are you having a good a good day? And he said, This is the best day of my life. And I thought to myself, oh, Well, my. I mean, for me. For me, it was like another uh, uh, get together day. with school children, which I love love to do, but I but I I forgot for a moment how how precious our kids are and how just just a few words of kindness and encouragement and inspiration to to a, uh, a to another person, whether it's a a small child, a young student, or an adult, how you can change their perspective on the world around them. And so, and become a hero in their story. And those, those are the most incredible moments. Now, I can I can point to, you know, uh, my time in space and doing spacewalks and stuff. All wonderful and life changing experiences um, uh, for myself personally. You know, achievements that I have. But um, nothing can com- compare to when you look at the uh, the eyes of another person and and for the first time they realize that their dreams can come true as well you uh, have there's such nothing better, yeah there's Go. nothing better than that so you have such a kind heart doug that is very very um very sweet of you very down to earth of you and i i can just imagine how good that makes all of our listeners feel knowing you know people who have made it so far in life are are giving back and are bringing those dreams back to you know us folks in small towns it really is so important and that that was really beautiful um, and I do, Absolutely. and just two more questions for you. One, just to come off that, sure. um, being that that is a huge accomplishment for you. And, you know, I'm certainly no astronaut, but I can attest to, you know, just having a young niece and nephew who look up to me and, you know, kids who look up yeah. to family members and et cetera, things we've done in our lives. And, and I, I can agree with that. And I, that resonates with me. But what part of your life, you know, from childhood, maybe being that kid so far back or, um, you know, even in your adulthood, what part of your life would you say you, you could attribute most to that being so valuable? Those wow. moments. Um, you know, um, for me, it's I mean, I, I could I, start I, with something simple and say, you know, for me, it's my parents. They make everything yeah. that I find valuable, valuable for a reason. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, let me let me use this um, this just one moment to thank the teachers that are listening in because um, it's it's uh, because of a couple of teachers that really spoke into my life uh, through my years in school uh, that I was able to achieve things that I never dreamed of before because um, there's there's also a, a quite a bit of like magic in. Um, you know, we, we always think that I got to believe in myself. I, I, I've been told I need to believe in myself. But but in order for us to believe in ourselves, sometimes it takes someone else to believe in us as well. Yes. And and we can do that really easily as adults to our children, as teachers to our students. And so there um, and so I want to just kind of blanket a thank you to any teachers that are listening in. Thank you for dedicating your life to changing the world around us because you uh, the teachers in our in our lives are the ones that have the most impact on our 
on our future. Now, for me, like you, Sarah, my I, my parents were such a huge influence in my life, and it was it was um, sort of like embracing the ordinary, you know, because I felt ordinary because I was ordinary, mm-hmm. and I and I remember. I remember my dad and mom would would make ordinary things like come to life. I they would, uh, you know, just like I remember, like on a clear night, just laying in the grass, mm-hmm. looking at the night sky. You know, I remember camping and fishing with my dad and walking in the forest. You know, and all these very very simple things in life uh, that we uh, a lot of times we'll take them for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, but those very very simple things in life gave me like a richness and an appreciation for, um, uh, for the world around us. And so I, um, my, certainly my parents, uh, teachers, that. uh, in my life have really affected, uh, the way that I perceive, uh, myself in this, uh, and the things that I can do to make the world better around me as well. So, You know, that's really interesting you put it that way. I can absolutely attest to, you know, same town, growing up, you know, laying in the grass, looking at that big starry sky. Um, kind of the same relationship there between my mom and gardening and eating healthy meals every day for cooking. You know, I've founded my company off of good family values and being outside and being active and all those small town, simple life things that, you know, you, you shouldn't take for granted. And, and I... I have to say it's something I did always love and I I really like to think I did not and I'm fortunate in that way but I also founded my company on those things and they help do so much more than just be a small town kid right Uh, absolutely and and for those listening in and I I was the same way that um, you know a lot of times we'll say um, you know when we think about riches we don't we you know we our mind automatically goes to money I, I you know I I but we we think about the things that really enrich our lives, you know, the, the, to the enrich all around us you know, yes. that, 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 that enrich our lives. That's right. It, and just the, the beauty of, uh, of the world around us and um, the beauty of the people around us, our families, you know, uh, other people that are struggling, you know, so uh, especially during this time um, it's, you know, it, this whole virus is sort of hand, um, uh, uh, it sort of handed us like a jigsaw puzzle of pieces like dumped in front of us and they took the box away. You know, what once was a beautiful picture of our life and our existence has now been broken up into a thousand pieces. And we were trying to remember what that looked like. And so much like putting together a puzzle, um, we have to rebuild our lives. And so like when we're putting together a puzzle, we look for those four corners, right? If we don't, if we don't have a box in front of us, we don't know what it looks like. We have to start with the four corners. And so as astronauts, we, we use this very analogy to train for long duration flight. We, we, we talk about those four corners being the, all of us, like the, the heart, mind, body, and soul. So our physical health, our mental mm-hmm. health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our, our purpose-driven health, you know, those, those four corners are so vital in, um, in rebuilding our lives. And so we have, to, we have to really, each day we have to decide um, to really build those, 
all four areas of our life, you know. So, and we can do that in quarantine. We can, you know, we can we talk about I, our physical health. And my yeah. company offers yeah. that, of course. You know, thank you for attributing all those things. They really are so vital. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Something I focus on every day and something I try to get, you know, my little local community here in Wilmington to focus on. So hearing some validation Absolutely. from, you know, Colonel Wheelock goes a long way. Um, last question, yes, Doug. So you, you really did do great big things in your life. You know, you're a legend of the USA, a legend of our hometown. Um, I'm sitting here in my little studio uh, the big talker, and I guess it's not little, it's actually pretty decent size, but um, <laughs> you, you did also say in one of your interviews I saw how you were almost not as inspired when you entered your first space shuttle because it kind of had an odd smell and, you know, it was this like rough yeah. and tough <laughs> thing, um, and, and the studio is great and I love it, um, but of course, you know, I'm at a local radio station, it's not this big glamorous Oprah stage style, you know? Yeah. So I can relate to that when you said that. Um, and being that ordinary kid, still considering myself that way, what advice do you have for all of our listeners, you know, like myself and, and like you as well, as you say you're an ordinary kid, um, trying to reach our own stars in these early stages? Sure. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's really a message that resonates with me that I learned through my journey, my own journey because um, you know, we tend, we're human, so we, we worry about tomorrow and we, we fret about things we can't change. And we, there, we have all these things going on around us and we really have to kind of step back and focus on how we can be a better human. And so, so what I, what I tell, what I want to tell to your listeners is same message I give to kids and students of all ages, you know, that, um, Step one is to be curious about the world around you. And then the next thing is discover, discover something that you love. Discover something that you love mm -hmm. to do. And it, it, it might be math and science. It might not be math and science. It might be art or, or the expression of uh, like your, your chosen profession uh, to, um, to, uh, to, talk to, to engage people, people mm -hmm. with, with, with talk radio to engage people with writing, um, uh, writing poetry, or, or uh, maybe it's someone uh, that has a dream of being on the on some sort of athletic field or something like that, or to be a teacher or to be a doctor, whatever it is, discover what you love to do, and then work hard and, and, um, and prepare your life for the opportunities in that chosen profession. Um, because when you, when you start, when you begin to work and to study in that profession and to live your life with so much passion, you're going to get to a point where you, you, are, you are living your life with so much passion that people will not be able to take their eyes off of you. And that's the goal. That it's should be true. the goal for all of us. It should be the goal that we have as parents for our kids. It should be the goal that we as teachers have for our students. You want people to live their best life and to be to be living with so much passion that people just cannot take their eyes off of them mm -hmm. and th and that's that's really I mean that's what and sports, you're right our sports heroes do that's what our sports heroes do that's what our they're our greatest so doctors and our greatest scientists do yeah so they're so confident and they're so bright as they walk by you in their face and their personality because they followed their passion you cannot be scared to do that's, that you cannot that's right that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, um, 
so anyway, I, I would say to uh, to young students out there, I mean, we can, we can all engage these type of things no matter where we are in life or for a young student or someone retired, you know. Um, we can we can all change the world around us, you know. And all all it usually takes is just an act or a word of kindness. That's that's a great place to start. Number one, it doesn't cost anything. Right. Uh, number two, all of us have people around us that are hurting in some way or another. And, and, and all of us have our own trials and tribulations. Um, but when you turn outward and you look at a way that you can help someone or speak a word of kindness to someone, you could really quite literally change the world around you. And, um, and uh, it's just, it's such a powerful, you know, the human, human speech and, and the, the, the spoken word um, to someone who's hurting, who just needs someone to listen or someone to speak a word of kindness in their life really can change, literally change the world around us. And so, and this is a prime opportunity to do that while we're all struggling in our own way. It's a beautiful message, Doug. You, I don't think you could have said anything on air today better than you did. Um, it's a great way to reach our listeners and a great way to touch so many lives with us here on the Sarah Ald Show today. I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and getting a talk with us, Doug. Absolutely, Sarah. Thank you so much for the invite, and uh, hello to all the folks there in beautiful North Carolina. And I, I hope to visit soon uh, uh, one day, and, uh, and I, I wish everyone uh, good luck and Godspeed as we as we emerge uh, through uh, from this uh, pandemic. And I, I hope you can find a way to thrive uh, instead of just survive. And we'll see you on the other side of this. And I'll visit with you uh, down in North Carolina. Yes, sir, Colonel. That sounds great. Bring that sunshine with you and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Doug. Bye. Bye-bye. That's 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. You are listening to The Sarah Ald Show. We'll be right back. Now streaming on Anchor and Spotify every Wednesday and Friday morning is the founder of Health Possible Inc., Sarah Ald's podcast. Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for holistic health care, and they are now airing how people in Wilmington are becoming independent away from government assistance, housing, illness, surgeries, and the many crippling factors that stop our community from growing as a whole. Now you, the listener, can fundraise for our local Wilmington nonprofit, Health Possible Inc., just by listening to Sarah Ald's podcast on Anchor and Spotify. This founder's podcast will include lifestyle insight through interviews with the nonprofit clients and other affiliates themselves, obstacles that they faced in their health and financial lives, all the way up to how they overcame them and accomplished their goals, thanks to Health Possible Inc.'s wellness financial aid. Health Possible Inc.'s overwhelming stories from the founder's eyes are here to help you as a listener. Tune into Sarah Ald's podcast on Anchor and Spotify every Wednesday and Friday and help prosper every Wilmington household. Could you turn your life around with a holistic healthcare scholarship? Do you need guidance and the finances to improve your health and confidence from the right personal trainer, mental health counselor, or registered dietitian? Health Possible Inc.'s mission is to provide financial aid and guidance for fitness, nutrition, and mental health care to improve the overall health of our community. Health Possible Inc. has been providing Wilmington's original wellness financial aid and care coordination since 2017, ready to help you by a simple application process at healthpossibleinc.org. 
If you are dependent in any aspect of your health, visit healthpossibleinc.org today and learn how we can be more independent together. Remember, life gets better when you do. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I love you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Sarah Ald Show. 1067 FM, The Big Talker. We are back on the Sarah Ald Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. I have special, very special guests on this whole week, uh, this whole show for you today. And I would like to bring on a Health Possible client who got to experience what my company does um, at its finest. And honestly, she is a poster child of our organization. She's accomplished so many things and she can really provide, you know, great testimonials to how Health Possible has changed her lifestyle, her ability to care for her family, uh, independence and herself, and, you know, what it means to her on the other side of the coin where I stand. I also have her daughter, Liana, with us today. Liana is seven years old and we'll talk about also how she has watched her mom change and also how it has changed her life. So Kwaji, great to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing fine. Okay, Kwaji, give our listeners a little bit of insight of what Health Possible looks like when you're going through the program, when when you're experiencing, you know, the day-to-day appointments. At first, it was a little nerve-wracking and a lot of anxiety, but with the right trainers and the right people everything seemed to work out smoothly um yes and your trainer was anita over there at fitmo right yes yes yes. and she's wonderful and they're great over there at fitmo so kwaji so how did your life in your own eyes compare before we ever met before going into health possible versus today the current and of course you know we, we did just go through a pandemic but pre-program life post-program life still going through those appointments what do you notice the most about yourself and and how you live at home uh, that's a really good question to be honest i would say patience and perseverance and learning to accept things that i have control over and that I don't have control over. Like, it's okay to Mm -hmm. not have control over certain situations and for me not to be tied down by those burdens and to move at my own pace. And that's so important. We all have our own goals that we're trying to accomplish. Something that we really, really focus on at Health Possible is, you know, even if we do have competition outside of ourselves, the most important competition is our own success right so getting further in our own life whatever that means for us and that patience aspect you're talking about it's hard to reach those goals when we're not patient and we're just you know banging our heads on a wall all the time not okay with where we currently are and uh having a hard time mapping out those steps to get to those points patience is huge you know for accomplishing these long-term lifestyle things um And I'm sure, too, it's had a huge effect on Liana at home. Uh, Is there any difference in just the way you and Liana interact now in a more active lifestyle? Um, It has. I have more patience, and I'm more excited to do things with her. Not saying that I was never excited, because I'm always excited. Just the energy level, I'm sure. Right. 
Um, just the simple fact if she wants to pick up a ball, me now wanting to go out there and play to know that it's okay to, you know, exercise but have fun at the same time and to do things that I like to do but also to do things that she likes to do. I know there's a lot of things that she does, like gymnastics, which she loves, and I'm not, you know, very talented at gymnastics, but I could try to get out there and do a cartwheel. I may not right. land successfully, just, but just, just be, to have fun. Yeah, just be open to doing active things that allow for fun and allow for, you know, just the need to even just go outside more yes. often and get off get off our butts, get off the couch. Um has it changed? Now, you talk about a lot about patience. Now, Kwaji, I noticed personally a huge change in what's called intrinsic motivation, and that is motivation that just comes from within. And your want and your will to do these things on your own grows so much more when you're actively doing them. And, you know, we do have accountability. Right. That is very much correct. Um, it was a transition, something that I'm not used to, or I say, I guess I should say more afraid to do, um, but to have somebody hold me accountable that is an adult and then, or adults, but then to also have your child, you never want to let your child down. And I guess with health possible, it made me more aware of certain situations. That's very interesting. Liana, so a question for you, what do you notice uh, I guess the most uh, different about your mom. Well, you, you it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of things. She sometimes walk walk when she's on the phone. She sometimes go outside and go right across the street and walk and then come right back. And sometimes I'll be trying to find her and then I just walk right outside and then come back and see her. Oh, so mom gets up more to move around more and just regular activities where normally we would just sit down and talk on the phone, right? Mm. Very cool. And I do know that mom cooks a lot more now. Is that correct? Yes. She does. What is your favorite meal that your mom makes? Well, spaghetti, lasagna, and Alfredo. And oh, my goodness. You know what, Quaji? Those are my favorite <laughs> meals, too. This kid knows her taste buds. She knows what she's talking about. She sounds Italian to me. Very much so. <laughs> you should ask her what her least favorite meal I cook. Okay. No. Liana, go for it. Mac and cheese. No, your least favorite. Least Something you don't favorite. like. Wait. Mom knows that you Salmon. love mac and cheese. Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> Do you know, Quaji, I just saw a <clears throat> meme on social media the other day, and it said, through 2020, we might as well start pronouncing the L in salmon. And Liana lives that out when she says salmon, and I love it. Liana. I got to say, that's one of my favorite foods. I bet you grow up to like that. You, th you uh, think? Okay, one time I tried it, and I thought it was chicken, but it wasn't. <laughs> did you trick her, Quashi? So then, I did. So then I took the thing off, and I said, oh, no, I'm not eating it. I'm going to throw this away. Oh, my goodness. And then I said, may you cook me some pizza? But I said, she said, no, I don't have time to do that on her. This kid is Italian. She's very <laughs> Italiano. Liana, what? exercises or I guess what activity has changed in your life since all this health possible stuff the first time I met you do you remember it? we actually I think the first time I really spent time with you was at Fitmo at the gym in that playroom oh yeah I, I remember that one yes and and we were you were playing with that baby doll 
and you were babysitting her. No, I it was I I think I actually know what it was. It was a bear. Oh, I think you're right. I think it was a bear. It was a bear because and then I was just feeding feeding it and act like it was a baby. <laughs> so you also got involved in sports though, Liana, right? Yes, ma'am. What sports did you start playing? First, I think I start playing baseball. Okay. I remember you wanted to play baseball, softball so bad when this first started. Mm. You played another sport, happened to be my favorite. Soccer. Yes, ma'am. And you played great in those games. I came to watch you. I was so oh, proud of I, you. I, play, I, played another, I played like one more. I played basketball. You did play basketball. I saw you do that too. You're, you turned into a rock star. You always were one, but you really, really started shining your light with mom there. Um, through throughout those months that I got to get to know you guys. I have mm -hmm. to ask you, Liana, did mom inspire you at all to start playing all these sports? No, not really. It was really <laughs> it was it was really me because um I really I I really just kinda wanna get up out the house sometimes. Good. That's good. Because sometimes um, I don't really like staying in my bed, watching T V all day, playing with mom. Do you do that all day? That's not what you do all day. Sometimes. Oh, my goodness. I guess we all have one of those days for Netflix binges. I'm just kidding. I can't really relate to that. But I know a lot of people that can and do. I would say you're a pretty normal kid. And I'm so proud of you, Liana, that you did sign up for all those sports and start playing. Is there any more sports you wanted to try? Um, yes. It was. And I don't think this is sport. I think it's like something else. But gymnastics. Ooh. Is that okay. a sport? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Okay. Very much so. Very much as a very difficult sport. My as mom well. wakes me up early in the morning sometimes when she has to go to work. So sometimes I'll be so sometimes when she like in her room sometimes. But sometimes when she's like in her room, then I say, Okay, I'm just gonna lay down on the couch because there's a blanket there and a pillow. So let me just lay down until she come back out. <laughs> and when she said this morning, when she said, Okay, get the binder and let's go get up out get up off the couch let's go let's go drop you off at your friend's house and i'll pick you back up whenever whenever you when whenever whenever miss sarah texts you okay uh, so then we got there and then she said so i walked out the car and then she said hey you want to take your scarf off and i said sure and then she said i'll pick you up when miss sarah texts you and i said okay okay and liana with this Long story. Let's let's just announce who did you get to meet today? Oh, an astronaut. You did. Meet. And I got to talk to him, FaceTime him and everything. You did. We'll do another shout out to Colonel Doug Wheelock. Thank you, Doug Wheelock, for talking with Liana after our interview today in between this one. Um, Kwashi, I wanna ask you, what do you do you notice anything different about Liana since you started your program? Um, that's a really good question. Because she is watching you at home all the time, Kwaji. Yes, very much so. Because I want you to play with me. Yes. Um, let's see. Oh. When it comes to her nutrition, she has been more eager to pick up a fruit and a vegetable. That's good. Um, that's versus fantastic. The junk, versus, versus the junk food. So I'm um, happy, but sometimes, I won't lie, I have to tell her to slow down. Because every five minutes, it feels like she's grabbing the orange or some carrots. <laughs> oh, my. That's good. Um, Can never get too many vegetables. Ac 
active. She's always been pretty active and mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, be outside, which is always great. My main concern now is to have her understand that because it's becoming hot, she has to take breaks and mm-hmm. drink plenty of water. Right. Um, so right now, it's pulling teeth a little bit for her to understand that she can't be outside for, you know, a couple hours. It has right. to be, you know, in increments but other than that so hard for kids yes yeah especially with this busy body of mine i know yeah <laughs> and she and that's a good thing too and it's it's unfortunate that it is that way but um hopefully you know she gets back to being able to go outside like that soon um quasi what are one or some of your most proud moments asking you kind of similar questions i just asked uh colonel wheelock there so if you could pinpoint one major accomplishment that you personally have been most proud of throughout this whole process, what would that be? Uh, You can take your time. I can edit in between. Okay. I would have to say sticking to a routine when it comes to working out. Um, Mm -hmm. It was different in high school and in college. It was mandatory. I knew I had to do it. But after playing sports and, you know, I guess entering the real world, I became very lazy. So for me Mm -hmm. to get back into that habit was um, difficult. So that was one major accomplishment for me to know that I can do it, even though it was, you know, three times a week Mm -hmm. for me to actually be able to do it. So I'm eager to get back into the gym when, you know, everything gets back to the way that they used to be and that's i mean and that's saying a lot and you're you're not when i tell people they're not different i try to tell them you know they're not different for the the sake that we all can relate to what you're going through type of thing and for it to be hard to make time to do that it is hard to make time and that's why too you know health possible focuses on how can you implement this in your everyday life and and keep moving keep active i mean liana just said you talk on the phone now and go outside and walk while you're doing it i mean that's 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 no small change to the end of a week if you've been on the phone once a day that's seven extra walks you just added to your to your week right so setting aside time is very difficult also equally why or why it's equally so important to make it part of our everyday life. Um, Liana, do you have any last comments or advice for our listeners on air um, as to how they can also improve their life the way you and mom have? Like exercise? Anything at all. Anything at all that makes people happier. What makes you and mom so happy? And, um, you know, is it your nutrition? Is it your exercise? Is it something else? It. It, well, sometimes you guys can, like, go outside. You can, like, sometimes, like, be. So, say if you guys were, like, on the grass, and you just walked to, like, another street for a second and then just came right back. You can actually kind of try that and then come back and do some push-ups and everything. Okay. Okay, for some exercise in there, get a different perspective of your neighborhood community. Maybe there's motivation on the other side of the street. little underlying philosophy there in your seven-year-old brain. I can hear it and see it. Um, Kwaji, how about for you? Any advice you would give our listeners to improve their life, you know, the way that you've seen the possibilities happen? 
Um, my big thing, once again, and I revert back to this word all the time, is patience. Um, you have to have determination. And if you have a strong team of individuals or a specific individual Bam. kind of latch on to them and um, feed off of their positivity. That's awesome. And I agree with that. I can attest to doing that myself, finding finding my support system, right? We all need positive support systems that make us want to do better and be better every day. Ladies, it was great to have you on 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. I hope you two have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. All righty. Okay, thank you bye. for having us. See ya. 106.7 FM, The Big Talker. Thank you for listening to The Sarah Ald Show. I hope everybody has a great 4th of July weekend, and we will be back next week.